Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 14, Minimum Wage Rundown. This is your source for employer intelligence delivered straight to your brain through audio waves in just seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I am your small business ally and employer brainiac, and here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is a hot topic. There are significant changes in the minimum wage at both the state and local levels in 2016, as our do-gooder legislators attempt to force employers to pay living wages for entry-level positions. And Disney World gets sued for an alleged minimum wage violation. Let's rock this. Congress created the minimum wage in 1938 as part of the Fair Labor Standards Act. Back then, the rate was 25 cents an hour, and the last minimum wage increase occurred in 2007. It was actually stair-stepped up from 5.15 an hour to 7.25 an hour by July 2009. According to the Congressional Research Service, the minimum wage has been legislatively increased from time to time to make up for the loss in its real value caused by inflation. Those are their words. In other words, the rates increased to make up for the dollar's decreased purchasing power. The federal minimum wage inflation-adjusted buying power has varied over the years, and it actually peaked in 1968 at the equivalent of $8.67 an hour in 2014 dollars. That according to the Heritage Foundation. Or $10.69 according to the Congressional Research Service, and I don't know whose math is correct. Since the last increase to seven twenty-five, however, the minimum wage has actually lost 8.1% of its purchasing power. So this means that since 2009, minimum wage employees have had a pay cut of $0.59 an hour. However, in 29 states plus the District of Columbia, minimum wage rates are higher than the federal rate. And rates are going up again in 15 jurisdictions on July 1st, 2016. Actually, a few of those jurisdictions go up on 9-1 and 10-1. But the latest trend is happening at the city level. For example, Emeryville, California, they established a minimum wage of $14.44, going up to $14.82 on July 1st, 2016. But it only applies for employers with 56 or more employees. Not to be outdone, Seattle is one-upping them. Their minimum wage is currently between $10.50 and $13, depending on your employee size and whether or not you pay towards benefits. But it's set to increase to $15 on January 1st, 2017. MIT has a living wage calculator that they built, and according to them, it takes $10.98 for an adult to earn a living wage in the Seattle-Tacoma area. So this means... If you're a single adult and you work in food prep and serving or janitorial or personal care services and you earn the average wage for those occupations, 
then you're living in poverty as they calculate it. Now, if you add a child to the mix, then the living wage hourly rate jumps to $23.29, and the list of occupations paying poverty-level wages grows considerably to include eight other lines of work, such as social services, healthcare support, office and admin work, and transportation. For a list of the state and city minimum wage rates, check out the show notes for a link, and I'll have them all there for you. So who is covered by the minimum wage laws? The Fair Labor Standards Act establishes the minimum wage, and it extends its reach in one of two ways, either enterprise coverage or individual coverage. But I don't want to get into the weeds on this because in reality, virtually everyone is covered via the individual definition. Does your employee use a phone, the internet, the U.S. mail, email, or a credit card processing machine? Well, then they're covered. There are some exceptions to the minimum wage for student learners, for full-time students who work in retail or service establishments, including agriculture and college and universities, and for young workers, and for individuals whose earning or productive capacity is impaired by a physical or mental disability. The student learner program is for high school students, at least 16 years old, who are enrolled in a vocational education, and you have to obtain a certificate from the Department of Labor, and that'll allow you to pay the student not less than 75% of the minimum wage. The full-time student program is for full-time students, which will allow you to pay them not less than 85% of the minimum wage, but there are limitations to the number of hours they can work. And once they graduate or they leave school for good, then you have to pay them the minimum wage. Now, this also requires a certificate from the Department of Labor. And the young workers' minimum wage is $4.25 an hour for anyone under 20, but only for the first 90 calendar days and only as long as you didn't displace some other employee in order to hire them. And there are some other exemptions, for example, executives, teachers, outside salespeople, and babysitters, just to name a few. I'll have a complete list in the show notes. Now, what can happen if you violate the minimum wage? Well, the Department of Labor can recover back wages through either an administrative or a court action, and employers can be assessed civil penalties of up to $1,100 for each willful or repeated violation of the minimum wage. It's also illegal to ship goods in interstate commerce, which were produced in violation of the minimum wage laws. In an article by Whitney Falloon in Eater.com, on March 1, 2016, the Orlando Sentinel reported that Disney World was sued by a food server who was formerly employed at one of the parks, saying that she is forced to spend too much time doing non-tip duties and wasn't paid accordingly. She goes on to say that the plaintiff claims to have spent a significant amount of time doing side work like cleaning, restocking condiments and washing dishes and even setting tables. So tipped employees can be paid a lower minimum wage as long as the the minimum wage that they're paid plus the tips exceeds the standard minimum wage. If it doesn't, then you have to make up the difference so that they earn minimum wage for all the hours worked. However, a tipped employee who spends more than 20% of their working hours doing jobs that don't earn them tips they have to be paid at the higher, the higher, the normal untipped minimum wage for the time they spent doing that work. Well, there you have it. Let's recap. The federal minimum wage is 725, 
but 29 states and several local jurisdictions have rates higher, up to $14.44 an hour in Emeryville, California. Rates are going up later this year in 15 jurisdictions, and several of those are taking the rate past the federal minimum. State and local legislators are pushing wages higher in an attempt to guarantee entry-level workers a living wage. And the next episode of Small Biz Brainiac will talk about the effectiveness of the minimum wage. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac. Small Biz Brainiac.